Welcome to the Primal Pioneer, a no-nonsense podcast teaching you how to rewild your life and heal your body using nature's medicine kit. I'm your host, Heather Shepard, classical homeopath, author of The Sunlight Rx, and alternative healer. For the past decade, I've been helping people overcome acute and chronic health disorders and brain injuries using a 100% natural approach. Enjoy this episode and subscribe to this podcast to stay informed about your body, your health, and how to lead the healthiest life possible, even amidst our crazy modern world. Hey everyone, welcome back. Um, So apologies for no episode last week. I was a little busy wrangling pigs. We have four new piglets. They are extremely cute. And and hopefully I can convince my wife that we will be eating the pigs and not keeping them as pets over the course of their next 11 months. (laughs) Um, But we've been busy getting them situated in their new pen and home. And uh, we've been getting the meat chickens ready to be called. And that's very exciting. To have our own food source there and um, to be raising chickens uh, on grass and pasture and um, healthy food scraps. So we're excited about that. And then we've also been getting one of the structures on our property in order. We've been getting it ready for people to come stay and experience healing retreats on the land here. Um, And we are so looking forward to having you all come and stay and experience the sunlight rx and homeopathy and delicious food um not this year but next year we're going to have an amazing outdoor kitchen um area for for everyone and um my wife is also an amazing astrologer and will be offering both astrology readings and or um therapy as well so we're really looking forward to bringing this dream we've been um, really working towards over the past decade, and we're really excited to bring it to fruition here uh, very shortly, starting in July. And we're very, very happy and very much looking forward to sharing it with all of you as well. Literally, uh, the place we bought this place here in northern New Mexico, um, we looked all over several areas of the states, some parts uh, out of the states as well. Um, and have found this to be one of the uh, rare few places left in the States that has a truly low EMF footprint with lots of sunlight and low population density. And we're really stoked about that. I know I've said this before, but it's it's really rare. Um, you know, our property has no, there's no Wi-Fi. There's people like, oh, just send me a text. I'm like, well... <laughs> You know, if you have an iPhone, I can send it through my computer, but, um, you know, if not, it's not, it's not really going to work out. So, um, but yeah, we, we don't have any Wi-Fi. You can't get cell service at our house. Um, and so um, it, it's a very special, unique place. It'll be very hard to scroll and be disconnected <laughs> when, when being here. So we're excited to start having people come to the property for healing and experience the beauty and the healing that we're so fortunate to be in and around every day. Um, And I wanted to make this announcement because it's going to be happening relatively soon that I'll be shifting my practice to a probably a 98 
100% in-person only practice. Um, and I'm going to be doing that for many reasons. And one is that the environment that um, we're fortunate to live in here is, is truly in and of itself remarkably healing. And I want people to experience that. And I want people to be able to step away from their devices and their um, everyday lives and, and get a piece of this, this healing pie. And I, I feel like that is a big part of the healing experience. Um, and I want people to be able to get a taste of this so they can go home and replicate this in their own unique way to support their health and healing and lifestyle and healthy lifestyle and so forth. Um, so I wanted to mention that I will be uh, gradually tapering off my my online uh, sessions, not that they will not be available, but um, my practice is going to be shifting to uh, an in-person practice, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to. I know it'll be more challenging for some people to come, but hey, maybe this will be an opportunity for people to make, uh, really invest in their healing and make this really an experience, um, uh, a life-changing experience is, is my hope and goal. So these are some new, exciting new developments that will actually be starting, um, will be um putting these in motion this July 2023 and um hey if you're interested in coming to the property for a retreat for a homeopathic session for a session with my wife Jen Antel and I, I don't you know I don't go I don't deep dive into her work that often here on the the show but I mean she's a remarkably gifted healer and writer and um a really amazing astrologer. I know many people think of astrology as fortune telling or as like, oh my gosh, I don't want you to tell me about my chart because you're gonna tell me when I die and when the bad things are gonna happen. That's not how she rolls. <laughs> Anyone who practices astrology like that's probably a red flag. Um, but you can learn more about her work at jenantil a n t i l l dot com. And she has an amazing blog out uh, that she, where she writes regularly about our farm, ohoconejo.com. Um, and that link currently is on my Instagram handle as well. Um, so if you're interested in staying and having a retreat with Jen and or I and being on the property and being in a healing space, you can reach out to me on Instagram, sunlight underscore rx, or via email. Uh, it's my first name, Heather, H-E-A-T-H-A-R dot Shepherd, S-H-E-P-A-R-D at gmail.com. And we can start the conversation here. Literally, um, there's nowhere to book anything at this time online or on a site. Um, but if you're interested and want me to reserve you a space for July or anytime this summer or fall, um, send an email or a message my way and we can start the conversation um, and there will be, uh, on our Ojo Conejo site, there'll be more information about that coming up very soon. The episode today, right? Where are we going? So <clears throat> I want to take some time to talk about a topic that was actually requested by one of you all. Uh, thank you so much. I love when you re request a topic, uh, for me to cover. I love that. Appreciate it. Feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram handles, probably the best place or email if you do have a topic or subject that you'd like me to go into detail here on the on the Primal Pioneer, happy to do so. Today, I'm gonna to talk about germophobia. Really great topic, to be honest. Most people have a lot of judgment when they see 
quote unquote germaphobic people in public. And we all have an idea of what this looks like, like uh, people uh, obsessed with hand sanitizing or the ones masked up in their car when they're riding all by themselves or, or riding with anyone for that matter. Um, people who get every new jab that comes out. Um, it, literally, germophobia can look in many different ways. It doesn't have to look like these things, but it can. Uh, people who wash their hands, you know, several times a day. I've literally had clients, homeopathic clients who wash their hands 50 to 100 times per day because they're afraid of germs, they're afraid of infectious disease. So, um, you know, now some of those examples I mentioned are extreme, but I've seen them all, and they're all reflective of a few things. So this isn't just that, like, it's not that the person is a bad person, it's not that, you know, um, we have to understand here that this is an expression of some sort of deeper pathology coming out, okay? And, and so we have to be, you know, try, try not to pass too much judgment when we see um, this kind of expression, because literally it's an expression of a deeper pathology that's been in the gene pool for uh, decades. And it's expressing itself in this way. And I'm going to talk about this because um, germophobia, there, there's different extents to it. You know, there's um, there's people who are, oh, moderately, moderately concerned with germs and infectious disease to people who are really, really, um, OCD about it. They, they've developed this mentality where they're, they're completely fearful and afraid and scared of infectious disease of germs and so forth. This I sense got very heightened after C19 and, um, uh, however, it's been around for a very long time, as I said, for, for decades, even even longer than that. And so um, it's reflective. These symptoms are, are reflective of a few things. And as I mentioned, the degree of germophobia and the, the degree of obsession around cleanliness and fear of infectious disease, we need to take this into consideration. I take this into consideration when treating this issue from a homeopathic standpoint. So the degree uh, as to uh, which it's affecting someone is very important to um, take into consideration when you're working with someone, especially if you're a homeopath listening to this episode, um, the degree to which it's affecting someone's life. And we could say that about any condition, how much is it incapacitating their life? Um, how much is it incapacitating? incapacitating their creative abilities? Uh, how much is it actually separating them from the world and community and human interaction versus bringing them more towards that? So we have to consider all of these things when treating any condition, including germophobia. So um, honestly, I don't know of a more effective way than homeopathy to help clear this type of fear um, being germophobia as well as OCD and, and so forth. So I want to start with or, or kind of head into why this type of fear, germophobia, develops in the first place. Because we're quick to say, oh, they're OCD, oh, they're, they're OCD about germs, um, 
you know, it's just how they are. Yeah, but why? Why are they like that? We always have to ask why. We always have to explore the question why. It is not by chance that some people have fear of infectious disease, germophobia, and other people don't. It's not like Russian roulette or, you know, those sites you go to and it's like spin the wheel and see how much discount you lose. It's not like that. This isn't like wheel of fortune or spin and see what you get. It's just not like that. Um, so some things have to be in place in order for this type of pathology to actually manifest itself. For one, we know this across the board with all conditions. There has to be a genetic predisposition in place. I'm going to talk about what that actual, that genetic predisposition actually looks like specifically when it comes to germophobia. So that's number one. There has to be a genetic predisposition in case. And with germophobia, we also see a strong family line, not all the time, but it's very typical of alcoholism. Number three, and this is kind of getting into the root of germophobia, and I'm going to deep dive into this, this area, is um, syphilis suppressed. These three things, genetic predisposition, alcoholism, and suppressed syphilis, now maybe you didn't have syphilis, but I'm going to talk about this. Um, these three things will set the stage, will set the organism up, the genetic predisposition, the DNA, um, the organism to um, uh, move towards a pathology that is OCD, that is germophobic, that is obsessed and uh, concerned with infectious disease. Genetic predisposition, let's just start there. I'm going to be brief because I talk about this a lot in this, in this podcast. There has to be a genetic predisposition in place. It's not Russian roulette and it's just like, oh, they have germophobia, just that's bad luck. You know, it's like, no, that's not how it works. There has to be a genetic predisposition in place. That's number one. Um, number two, we often see... Um, suppressed syphilis in the gene line, in the family history. Now, let's say you're like, huh, I struggle with germophobia. Um, who knows, like what parents are going to tell you if they had syphilis or what, even if we go far back, because it's usually not just one generation removed. It's usually several generations removed where an ancestor had syphilis. It was suppressed. Initially, it was suppressed with mercury. Back in the day, when anybody had anything, the, um, the cure was mercury injections. Really bad idea. Very much suppressive. Very suppressive um, um, therapy. Uh, this is why usually people who have struggle with OCD, struggle with germophobia, struggle with a family history of alcoholism, um, usually need the homeopathic remedy mercurius, um, to help remove the genetic predisposition. I know that may be getting into some specifics. You're like, wait, wait, I don't know that much about homeopathy, but I just want to mention that in case you do have some sort of awareness around homeopathy. Um, and so I want to I want to, let's see where we should go with this because I want to help you understand this a little bit clearer and deeper. Um, so 
So let's just start here. The degree to which the germophobia is affecting any somebody, you know, um, this speaks to how deep the genetic predisposition has penetrated the organism. And so usually uh, the deeper that somebody's impacted, uh, we're going to see more of a disturbance on the mental emotional levels. So there had to be this energy in the gene pool prior to conception and, and the genetic predisposition became activated by stressors in life. I talk about this a lot on, on the podcast. Germophobia is no different. So um, typically when I see strong germophobia or fear of infectious disease, it's almost a 100% guarantee. I know nothing's 100%. That's why I'm saying it's almost a 100% guarantee that somewhere in the gene line, there was syphilis suppressed, whether it was suppressed with mercury, whether it occurred later on, it was, was suppressed with antibiotics, whether it was suppressed with some, some other uh, modality. And that suppression, um, the disease doesn't just, okay, let's say, let's say somebody has uh, your, well, let's go back, um, let's go back a century, okay? a uh, century plus in a few decades, maybe. And let's say grandpa way down that line had syphilis. Took several mercury injections, bang, cleared up, no problem. Okay, now no more issues. Now we think that the syphilis is gone because we can't see it with our eyes. This is what I'm talking about as homeopathy, as the, the quintessential quantum medicine. Because many, the, the diseases and symptoms we are manifesting today are not just from our lifestyle choices today. It's not even just from our parents' lifestyle choices. These, um, uh, uh, these genetic predispositions stay in the gene line until they're uh, effectively removed. So grandpa down the line a century and a few decades down, syphilis, suppressed it with mercury. Oh, good. It's not there. It's gone. No, it's not. It's not gone. When we suppress anything, it does not leave the body, whether it's syphilis, whether it's strep throat, whether it's gonorrhea, whether it's an ear infection, whether it's eczema, whether it's arthritis, whether it's diarrhea, whether it's constipation, if you suppress any symptom and that symptom magically disappears, we are taught to believe it's gone, it's clear, everything's good, I'm, whole, I'm, I'm healthy again. Well, the disease may not be um, uh, present by the naked eye, however, that organism is still very much holding that pathology. That pathology is stored in our cells, in our molecules, in our DNA, in our mitochondria, okay? So we're not trained to think this way, okay? Because now grandpa century and three decades ago procreates with grandma and has children, those children are affected by grandpa's suppressed syphilis. And that 
<clears throat> doesn't just stop with his children. That lineage of disease that's held in the molecules, it's held in the genetic expression, and it's passed on and on and on and on. So we're not trained to think about health and disease in this way. But it could be really helpful if we're open to expanding the way of think our way of thinking around disease. Right now, we're very contrived, we're very linear, we're very, this is, you know, this way, and um, we need to expand our way of understanding health and disease. It can be extremely helpful, too, to really understand why we struggle with what we struggle. Our current mentality isn't accurate. And the knee-jerk reaction of many physicians, particularly, I mean, we know Western medicine is very knee-jerk and very boxed in and very like, oh, you have syphilis, take this antibiotic and, you know, take this and put this cream on it. And, you know, we know that, but um, I love alternative medicine. I, I love that we're having a lot, that the field of our alternative medicine is growing, but we can't just assume that the... Um, all of the practitioners practicing all medicine in a, in a more holistic way is actually helpful. I've seen a lot of unhelpful um, suggestions come from even alternative practitioners, holistic health practitioners. And um, so just keep an eye out. I don't want to like, this isn't to put fear in you to like not work with anyone. It's just no be you almost have to be smarter than the practitioner going into the session you are interviewing them as much as they're like you know interviewing you or taking note of what what you're um experiencing and if they don't mention sunlight if they don't mention you know real root causes um i mean not everyone has to practice homeopathy there's a lot of we don't have to be dogmatic but make sure you feel like they're really um, getting to the root and covering all the bases when it comes to your health. And um, most even holistic practitioners have no idea about EMFs or sunlight or seasonal eating um, or real root causes of disease. And hopefully this podcast um, helps you to become more empowered in that way so you can make more empowering decisions when it comes to choosing your own healthcare practitioner. Back to syphilis. So when we have a symptom and we suppress it, and we're going to take syphilis for the sake of this episode, the entire organism weakens, okay? This doesn't strengthen the organism to suppress the syphilis, but it creates a genetic weakness that continues throughout the gene line whenever anybody procreates. And this weakness is passed on to each generation that comes after the suppression. Okay, like I mentioned, let's say grandpa a century and a few generations back had syphilis suppressed with mercury. This choice of treatment is affecting you today. And it's not going to show up as syphilis. You're like, well, yeah, maybe grandpa had it. Then why don't I have syphilis? Why am I not? Why did nobody in my family have syphilis? This isn't how it works. Once you suppress something, it's very rare that the next generation will actually have that exact same replica of what you got. In fact, 
they're less likely to get syphilis because you suppressed it, but they are more likely to get a more advanced condition than syphilis. Syphilis isn't a big deal. It's really not. They just didn't know how to treat it back then. They still don't know how to treat it now. But um, many things are quite uh, are not that difficult to treat um, when you have the correct medicine available to you. So let's go into this here because it's not, let's say you're, you, let's say grandpa here, right? The syphilis, the generations back. Why don't you have it? It's not going to show up like this. You, he has suppressed it. And so now with each preceding generation, let's say the one after grandpa, it's going to impact them in different ways, in deeper ways. And as each generation, um, as each generation goes on, it's going to impact them in deeper and deeper ways, more compromised ways. The system's going to be weaker with each um, generation. So let's just take, for example, in the beginning, let's say one generation removed from grandpa. Maybe this, the right grandpa had syphilis, but now there's a, he procreated. And so maybe somebody, his children, it's going to show up differently. Initially, usually, the closer we get to when the outbreak actually happened, so let's say one generation removed, maybe this shows up um, in the next generation on the physical level, such as ulcerations of the skin, maybe boils, maybe ulcers, maybe ulcers in the throat, maybe strep throat. This is how these sort of diseases came into... Um, manifestation. So um, initially, here's the disease in the next generation or two or three showing up on the physical level. Now, maybe a few generations down the track, uh, not maybe, but it's going to deepen on, um, it'll deepen on the physical level. So instead of maybe some ulcerations of the skin and maybe some strep throat and susceptibility to boils or stuff like that, the pathology deepens after a generation or a few. And so now it's showing up as chronic pain, rheumatism, bone issues, bone deformities, teeth issues. Okay. This is quite, these are real live examples of how when we suppress syphilis, it shows up in the gene pool with the preceding generations. Now let's say that happens for a few generations, one, two, three. And then the following generations, remember, because as we go on, the organism is more and more and more and more compromised with each preceding generation. And we know that um, the more modernized we got, the more suppressive therapies we added, suppressive therapies we added into the mix. So it's no longer that we're just dealing with grandpa's suppressed syphilis. Now we're dealing with, hey, mom got these vaccinations, mom used these antibiotics, dad got, now dad got gonorrhea and syphilis. You know, ex these are examples, right? There's a lot we're dealing with. It's, but let's just say, so now, you know, six or so generations have passed since grandpa's original syphilis. And now there's rheumatism in the gene line. And now there's bone issues in the gene line. The further out we get from the original wound, from the original exposure of the syphilis, 
the stronger the pathology gets and it begins to move from the physical level to the mental emotional level. Keep in mind, we're moving towards germophobia here, okay? This, see, this is why there's not one answer up. This is the cause of germophobia. Is it the propaganda we're fed on TV and so forth? Yes. But if that was all, everybody would be germophobic. Everybody would be afraid of infectious disease. Um, I just went out and fed our pigs who rolled around in mud and probably half of their feces. And they want to come over to me and roll on their bellies and get pet. And I give them pet. Am I concerned with germs or infectious disease? I actually don't even think about that, right? So it's something in the organism that even if there's an external trigger from the media, from something in your environment, from something you hear, in order for you to take that information and for it to really trigger something deep in you, this genetic predisposition has to be in place. Okay, so the further out we get from the original wound, taking syphilis for today, right? The deeper the pathology gets, um, you know, on the mental, it, the more it moves to the mental emotional level. So now we've had the first few generations struggle with skin issues, ulcerations of the skin, boils, ulcers in the throat, maybe some strep throat. The next generation, uh, they have maybe some of that, but they now they're struggling with pain and rheumatism and maybe some bone deformities. Um, other examples are children who are born with without an eye or with bad vision. This is completely oh, so closely related to suppressed syphilis. It's not even fair. It's not. It's not fair to these kids. It's not fair to, to anyone. Um, and when we choose to suppress something, we have to understand that it not only affects us, and sometimes, yes, it's absolutely essential that we have to, to make a choice like that. However, we, we're, we think we have to make those choices more than we actually need to make those choices around suppressive therapies. So now, here comes the rheumatism, bone issues, bone deformities, and now a few generations pass, maybe those aren't such strong issues. Maybe those physical issues aren't so apparent or maybe they were in the beginning of life, but now we have issues that are now developing on the mental emotional levels that are directly related to suppressed syphilis. And what does this look like? It looks like alcoholism. It looks like mental instability. It looks like OCD tendencies. It looks like germophobia. It looks like fear of infectious disease. So we went from a simple, pretty straightforward to treat pathology with syphilis, even to skin ulcers and boils and, and strep throat, to now this very advanced pathology on the mental emotional levels, such as alcoholism. When we see, I did a whole episode on alcoholism and the causes of that, and this is very much due to um, this suppressed syphilis way back in the gene line. And now here it is, especially when we see strong lineages of alcoholism. So you see with each generation, the pathology deepens and it doesn't show up as syphilis. Like you're not gonna see that. So because we don't see that, we think nothing of the sort when it comes to treatment and how to treat it. We don't think, oh, this is from suppressed syphilis. You know, I should probably, we should probably go back and treat the root of that. 
we have not been educated in a way that helps us connect the dots in this way until now. Hopefully this is really helpful. Hopefully they're like, oh shit, what did grandpa have? What am I dealing with today that he didn't deal with? This is how we have to start thinking. And um, we can literally apply this to every single disease condition and to, to better understand it, to truly understand some of the root causes. And this is the core of my teachings and in, in my practitioner training program that I offer that actually is starting up again this September. So if you're interested in studying classical homeopathy with me, um, go to my site, heathershepherd.com, and you can, you can read over the practitioner training program. You can apply there. You can ask me questions and so forth. But we have, when we understand why we're sick, more why the organism ex is expressing itself in a certain way you know we we're familiar we're familiar with epigenetics and epigenetic signaling and SNPs and, and these sort of things is that really helpful to me it's not helpful at all I don't care what SNPs anybody has or epigenetic signals are on and off it means nothing because it, it doesn't help to get to the root of the treatment strategy it's like, yeah, you have this snip and that, and then this one, and then that one. And so take this supplement and say, whoa, that's not going to come anywhere near getting rid of this issue. It's not going to even touch it. It's like, just, it makes, it makes my blood boil when functional docs and NDs give people a bunch of supplements after doing expensive genetic testing. And it's like, here you go. It's like, hold the phone. Um, that's not going to do anything. It's not going to be helpful. Um, in fact, it can be unhelpful and people can get frustrated because as soon as they get off the supplements, they feel worse or their symptoms come back or the supplements stop working or the supplements make them feel worse because it's too much powdery shit going into their bloodstream in their body that the body has no idea what to do with. We have to start considering root causes as to why the epigenetic signals are compromised in the first place. And it's not because of a certain SNP. A SNP um, is a result of not just what you're experiencing in your life. It's like, we have to look down the gene pool. We have to look way far out. And that situation is never gonna be rectified by supplements. It's just not. So, um, a core reason why, um, somebody may have a whole bunch of SNPs turned on, um, their epigenetic signaling is compromised is, is due to this lineage of multiple suppressive therapies that we've had and received over time and how these impact the following generations. Of course, I know you all are probably aware that I use homeopathy to help clear these genetic predispositions. At this point in time, it's almost impossible to clear every single genetic predisposition from someone. I'm not going to lie to people. I'm not going to mislead people. I'm going to be truthful because most healthcare practitioners are not truthful and they want to sound really good and they want people to like do their thing or go to their retreat. And it's like, think that's going to cure them for the rest of their life. Let's be real. This isn't Disneyland, right? So, um... It's honestly pretty almost impossible to clear every single genetic predisposition from someone. Here's the but. But <laughs> with each generation that's born, 
we can lessen their genetic predisposition and move towards chronic disease-free individuals. We literally can move in that direction. That is not impossible. And with you, like let's say you, we all have genetic predispositions. Every single person walking this planet has genetic predispositions. Some are stronger than others for many reasons. Um, and so this doesn't mean you can't heal using homeopathy. What it means is, or using any other modality, it doesn't mean you're doomed and you're just fucked and like nothing you do is gonna work now. No, we can start to remove the genetic predispositions to help increase your vitality and longevity and quality of life this lifetime. And we can do that for your children. And we can all, and, and the more you do that, and the more your children do that, then the next generation is gonna be even better off. So instead of weakening each preceding generation, we're actually strengthening them. We're strengthening the organism, we're strengthening the, the population by going about healing in this way. So, um, you know, society, our, our medical and government systems, they really have a, have, the mindset, and I'm sure some of them have the goal and they'll never say this. They, they act like they're on our team and they're doing the best for us. And they even convince all the people working for them that they're really making a, a huge difference, which sure, maybe some of them are, but let's be honest. Um, they're weakening us as a species. Everything they, everything they have in line for us, their medical system, their medicines, um, their, their buildings that we go into to, um, to get checkups or healthcare, um, the way they teach us to operate from, um, our devices and in front of screens is weakening us as a species. The food they produce for us is weakening us as a species. And we can use medicines like homeopathy and practices like the Sunlight RX and seasonal eating and organic and regenerative food practices to strengthen our genetics and the health of future generations to actually create a healthier world with less chronically sick people. So um, I hope this episode was helpful in shining some new light on this subject. And the next time you see someone obsessed with germs or having a strong fear of infectious disease, know that someone poisoned the water hole down the line <laughs> and um, they likely are have a uh, this genetic, um, they likely have some suppressed syphilis in their gene line. Many people do. It's, it's not a rare thing and it's going to show up differently for, for each person. Like, let's say there are um, 4 million people on this planet who have been exposed to the syphilis, suppressed syphilis. It's going to show up differently for each, each person, depending on their unique genetic predisposition. Maybe, maybe rheumatism, maybe ulcerations, maybe chronic pain that's worse at night, maybe alcoholism maybe OCD tendencies, maybe germophobia, maybe somebody's born without an eye or compromised vision right from birth. So it's gonna show up differently um, for each person. Um, and, you know, make sure you see, uh, or I would encourage you to, you can do whatever you want, 
honestly. But if you can find a well-trained classical homeopath to help rectify some of these root issues, it could be really helpful in strengthening your susceptibility to certain chronic diseases and genetic predispositions. You can start to reverse those and you can start to reverse those for future generations by working on yourself as well. See you next week. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode to learn more about my approach to health, to see all of my creations in the kitchen and all of my sunlight RX tips. You can follow me on the gram at sunlight underscore RX and subscribe to this podcast to access weekly episodes.